Hello, my name is Bridger Tax. Strap in and prepare for takeoff because this is the Flight Republic. Hello, and welcome to the Flight Republic. So today I'm going to be talking about a topic that isn't necessarily a politics topic, but it's also not not about politics, and that is going to be Google. So I'm going to split this podcast up into two parts. The first part is going to be talking about the browser side of Google, and the second part is going to be talking about the search part of Google, and specifically the DOJ anti-case, anti-trust case that was recently brought against Google. So if you want to stop and listen to part one, and then listen to part two, listen to part two, and skip part one, or whatever you want to do, that's going to be the uh, way I split it up. So... Let us jump into part one right after this break. Okay, so this is going to be part one talking about Google and the browser side of Google. So just a little bit of clarification. So Google's browser is obviously going to be Google Chrome, a web browser that was introduced in September of 2008. And according to one source I found was meant to quote unquote, create a better, more modern web browser. And at first, it was very successful. People, reviewers, at least the reviews that I found were quite in favor of it, especially uh, looking at a time where Internet Explorer, which had some uh, flaws. Let me uh, just read you this quote from a review that I found that I think really exemplifies some of the problems that IE had Internet Explorer. Uh, quote, there's no doubt that IE8 is a much better browser than IE7. Nevertheless, it is still inferior to Firefox and other alternatives. As to whether you should upgrade to IE8 now or later, my advice is to use Firefox instead of either version. So, IE, while it was the dominant web browser, was less than perfect, and Chrome really came in at a time where IE, Internet Explorer, wasn't really at the top of its game, Firefox was just, Firefox was a good browser, a lot of people recommended it, but it may not have had the pedigree that a Google-backed product did, considering that Google had such a name brand name recognition. I mean, the search engine in November 2008 had was at 80% market dominance, so they had a lot of uh, name recognition, considering 80% of people on the search side were using them. And right from the start, within just a few years, uh, Google Chrome had a really good, really high market uh, share. I'm By 2012, just four years after it was launched, it had achieved 31% market share, which meant they would become, then become the dominant web browser of the time and nowadays uh, Chrome uh, across all platforms has about a 60% market share and Chromium based browsers which include Chrome but also browsers such as Brave, Vivaldi, Microsoft Edge they have about 
a 80 uh, four percent market share assuming once internet explorers and if uh internet explorer users migrate to a chromium based solution such as microsoft edge but by now they make about up about 79 percent of the, the desktop market share so google chrome chromium based products are extremely extremely dominant in this field and it, that gives google huge power over the internet especially with the web standards they will be implementing a lot of the desktop browsers such as uh recently when they implemented manifest v3 which is basically a another way to have extensions basically limit what extensions did but it also had a effect on ad blockers because ad blockers use this API called web request API and they replaced it with the declarative net request API which at launch is only able to accept 30,000 rules which is a fraction of what ad blockers such as uBlock Origin the gold standard of ad blockers use they use tens of thousands of rules and although according to 95 google they would raise the limit to 300,000 getting rid of the web request api still had a negative effect on a lot of uh ad blockers and it really uh, showed the people uh, that google again has a huge amount of power over the web and while they did back down this one instance who's to really say if they will back down in the future as they again have this huge amount of control in the browser space and again google is an ad company and with them controlling so much of the internet they could very easily optimize it for their ads to show google ads again deprecating uh extensions such as Google Origin and Ad Blocker, which would block Google's ads. And so that is really how the browser space looks with Firefox having a dwindling market share. Microsoft Edge, which is actually a quickly growing uh, browser, again, it is based on Chromium, but it does have some improved privacy features versus Google Chrome. It has quite a few, a lot of nice features. And for me, I when I can't use Firefox, some sites, some extensions don't work in Firefox that I need, I will switch to Microsoft Edge just because it's such a good browser so fast. And at least with the Canary version that I use, it has vertical tabs. It has the collections feature. It is just a very full-featured web browser. And I... For me and my use cases, it is a very, very good web browser. So that is basically how the web browser space looks. Edge growing is a growing browser. Firefox is dwindling is about 9% right now. Safari is just staying pretty steady. Chrome is still, the, but Chrome, Google Chrome is still the dominant de facto web browser for 60% of the market, at least on the desktop share. So that is where things look, and I will start part two after this quick.
break. Have you ever thought about studying your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people listen to it on? Like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. The answer to all these questions is really simple. It can be summed down in one word. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. So, if you want to make a podcast, go to anchor.fm slash start. We're going to repeat that one more time. Go to anchor.fm slash start. I cannot wait to hear your podcast. And welcome back to the Flight Republic. This is part two of a two-part podcast about Google. And this is specifically the part about search, the search engine side of things. And this is also where we will involve the DOJ and the new, well, quote-unquote new, antitrust uh, lawsuit that was brought against Google. So basically what this lawsuit is alleging is that Google would pay companies uh, such as Apple, Mozilla, to promote Google's search. And basically that would harm smaller competitors who weren't able to do that and weren't able to offer as much money, such as DuckDuckGo. Um, specifically, i uh, going to quote the New York Times here, quote, Apple now receives an estimated $8 billion to $12 billion in annual payments, up from $1 billion a year in 2014, in exchange for building Google's search engine onto into its products. End quote. So basically, uh, Google is paying billions of dollars to Apple, so that is the default web browser, and as most people don't, go into the settings and change the default web browser, it is most likely to stay people's default web browser. So it is extremely beneficial to Google to pay this $12 billion. Um, and then Mozilla uh, recently signed a $400 million a year. So a big step down from Apple, but still a sizable amount of money. So Google is paying Mozilla, which is kind of ironic considering that they compete in the web browser space, Mozilla versus Google, Mozilla Firefox versus Google Chrome, and also ironic because Mozilla is a very privacy-focused company, Firefox is a very privacy-focused browser, while Google doesn't exactly have the greatest reputation for being that privacy-focused web browser, so again, it's kind of ironic, but again, Google is paying Mozilla about four, uh, according to PC Mag, quote, as a register reports, Mozilla is thought to have secured in the region of 400 to $450 million a year through the 2021-23 period in return for shipping Google as the default search engine with Firefox. The majority of Mozilla's income, over 90%, is generated from these relationships. So basically, as we saw with Apple just a few seconds earlier, Google is paying 
Mozilla to have Google search as the default search engine with Firefox. So basically what the Department of Justice is saying is that this pain of billions of dollars to these companies is anti-competitive because smaller search engines such as DuckDuckGo isn't able to pay these billions of dollars to companies such as Apple to have it as its search engine. And so basically that's what the DOJ is saying is that it's pushing out competition. And it's really easy to see where they're coming from on this one, especially since a smaller company can't really pay billions of dollars. The trickier question is the consumer side, because with a lot of these antitrust cases, uh, they have to sh- the DOJ and recent president has to show that it harms consumers in some way, and it is a lot harder to see how. Google search, which is a pretty good search, how it is homing consumers. It's pretty easy to see how it's homing its competitors. It's a lot harder to see how it's homing consumers. So I think that'll be a really interesting thing to see how the DOJ puts it and how they, whether they focus just on the competitors, how they might say they're Islamic consumers, I think that that's going to be a really interesting thing to see how they argue it going forward. And so uh, that's really all I have for you today. It's, again, this isn't really a politics-related podcast. It's a rather short podcast. I'm planning on doing a, basically, a rundown of election stuff, inauguration, uh, what happened on January 6th. I'm planning on doing that next week after the inauguration happens, just so I can get a clean podcast with everything. I don't have to break up into multiple podcasts. It'll just be one big podcast with everything that will probably be a little bit longer. This is just a pretty short podcast. Just wanted to get this one out. But again, look for that to look for that uh, in the coming week. So I cannot wait to bring you guys that. So make sure to subscribe and put the Flight Republic in your library if you are interested in seeing that and a more politics-focused podcast. So with that, this has been Bridger Tack from the Flight Republic, and I hope you have enjoyed this one. Thank you so much for listening.